podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. As always, we'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Check them out in the description below. Today's guest, we've had his son on. Son was a few few months ago, we had Rob on. So it's only right we have Vic on. So uh, how you doing, Vic? How are you, mate? Yeah, doing well. Doing well, thanks, Russ. Yeah, it's a pleasure to uh, you know spend the next few minutes with you. A few minutes, that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't be a few. Never knowingly cut a long story short. That's my motto. <laughs> but it's, you know, and obviously we're recording this on Sunday. It's going to be out, go out Monday anyway. So, <clears throat> obviously, three points. Job done, weren't it, really? But yeah, today, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, considering the amount of um, uh, possession we had, and I, I thought we dominated the game in, in, in certain spells. Yeah. You couldn't get that second one, could we? And you think... Is it going to be the West Ham way, you know, and then McBurn is it, it's the bar, isn't he? And um, so, no, it's like, you know, like, I'm sure Sheffield United would have identified that as as a possible three points, you know, to get them out of that, a little bit out of that situation. But mm-hmm. um, maybe the old West Ham may have succumbed, but, you know, I, I think most of us are liking what Moyes is doing at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, you know, and the Fulham game as well, isn't it? We, we never play rubbish and lo- and win. You know, you always play rubbish and lose. So it's nice to not play well and still yeah. win. And so it's a yeah. bizarre thing. But, um, yeah, two clean sheets. Can't complain with that, can you? I think, um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm pro Moyes. I just think he's, he's, he's got something going on. Do you know what I mean? There's something going on. You can tell. Um, and also the way the, also the way the commentators get some talking about it as well. You know, like how well West Ham play and how they, as a unit and stuff like that. And, it's nice to hear those types of things going from the commentators because obviously they're noticing them as well. So we'll see, mate. We'll see. But it's nice because obviously we had those like that that horrible right one. Wasn't horrible because West Ham fans know we turn up for the the big games. But you know we had all those all the top teams so to speak, and now we had this sort of mini run of Fulham. Obviously we got shit. We had United today, and then we obviously got Villa next Monday, um, and so. You know, that's that was that was sort of you were looking at at least six to nine points, obviously, obviously to nine, that's a maximum, but you know, at least six points out of those three games. So we go into Villa game. I'm I'm really confident because I think Villa are a little bit off the pace now, um, from yesterday's results. So Yeah. I think if um if if we remember what Moises Everson was like, when Moises yeah. Everson used to come down at some park. I can't remember beating them too much, too many times, you know. And uh, if we did beat them, it would have been regarded as a very, very good three points. And yeah. I'd like us to be as solid uh, as, as Everton were at that time, and uh, you know, harder to beat. But if if there's a trophy in the next few years, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. <laughs> but, but it was the first time we've beaten Sheffield United in the top flight since. 1968 or something like yeah, that ridiculous yeah. so um yeah that's what the commentator was saying you know but uh you know as rob pointed out to me earlier like we beat them on more than one occasion in in the second tier of uh yeah i yeah i remember going know. to them yeah, yeah definitely and also i think but also haller that haller's goal was the first ever top flight goal he scored outside the box that's right yeah yeah yeah. What? You know, it's like really? Yeah. <laughs> Surely you look a bit more happy by by scoring a you know your first top flight go outside the box, but he so yeah. never looks. He always looks miserable, doesn't he? It's that French, it's the yeah. Frenchness about him. So um, yeah, but it was good to see him score. I think you know he needed good, to get yeah. a goal, didn't he? To be honest, he showed a bit more passion at the final whistle when he realised <laughs> three points. Yeah, but at the time, there's I don't like arrogance. You know, I think Anelka had that as well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, um, yeah, if Alouette was half as good as an Elka, I'd, I'd be, I'd be pleased. I hate that, yeah. There's something in there, something in their makeup. I don't know. I, I'm hoping it's not arrogance, but you know, you know, you look at when when Fornell scores, you know, that the passion oozes out of him. That yeah. Well, you know, just a little bit, just take it, pass a little bit that on to uh, Seb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he and, and for now, it's not just when he scores, but when anyone scores, he's yeah, just like yeah. a little kid, isn't it? He's, he's absolutely Rob, brilliant. Rob and I love Paul Nils. Yeah, we love him. Yeah, he's good. He's good. And he's, he, I mean, he's he's one of those players like um, a bit like sort of Matuaka and Cresswell and Antonio that Moyes has really sort of transformed into a different player because obviously we signed him as like almost like a ten really, and yeah. and these big guns sort of left of these of the three and. 
really done well. I think, you know, four hours, it always looks like he's going to do something on the ball. And, um, and as I call, I've coined this phrase, moisifications to moisify as a player. And he's moisif, he's been moisified by Mr. Moyes. And so as obviously Antonio and stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's good, isn't it? I, I, it's nice to go into a game and, and feeling confident, you know, and I think we've, we can all feel confident going into the Villa game because two, three weeks ago, I don't think so because they were riding high, but they seem yeah. to have just, but then, you know, it's, it's always, but then we always say, that's the thing, we always say it, you know, it's like when they go, oh, Sheffield United, they haven't won a game, da 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 da. Yeah. Enter West Ham, uh, you know, because <laughs> that always seems to happen. But um, no, it's well, all I'll good. Tell what, I'll tell you what, Russ, interrupting you. I've already learned a new word tonight moisification. Moisification. Uh, Feel free to use oh, it. Someone I think's benefited from that. Fingers yes. crossed for the site, Yes. Great shout. Balbuena's biggest fan but he's, he's keeping Diop outside now isn't he yeah. and um yeah I, I think he's on a decent run of form he is and and it's funny because I, I mean those three if you look like Diop Boggy and Balbuena always there's two in form out of them so it was always like and so it was it started off Balbuena and sort of Diop really at yeah. the beginning and then Oggy wasn't really getting much of a look in then one of them got injured and then Oggy is Oggy and Diop and Balbuena was had no form and now, as you said, it's Balbuena and Oggy, and Diop, there's no chance of getting in the moment. No, and Balbuena's playing the play. You know, he was the player I thought we was going to get, you know, because he just, you know, you're not, if you're a captain of Corinthians, you ain't no mug, um, particularly if you're Paraguayan as well. Yeah. So it's not even your your team, your your, you know, your country's team. So, um, no, I think he's, yeah, back to the general that we all love and hope. So, yeah, so. it's all good. Yeah, so, so it's good. And, I mean, I just, I, it's nice. It's nice, like, you know, you look on Twitter and it's not all doom and gloom, which is nice for a change uh, with West Ham. But, uh, yeah. We don't ask a lot, though, do we, West Ham fans? Yeah. I mean, back back in the day, we'd win an FA Cup every five or six years. Um, you know, maybe off, have, have the odd relegation battle and that. We don't ask a lot. We just want to, no. we just want to, like, feel like we do tonight, I suppose, you know. And enjoy, yeah. enjoy watching the team, you know. Well, it is. It's just, yeah, you, know, you want the team to, you know, if the team don't win, you want them to put a shift in. Because <laughs> if the team win, it doesn't really matter sometimes because it's all about at the moment getting the three, getting the points in, getting us into a position that we're happy with. But if the team don't play well, if the team, you know, have lost or, or maybe got a draw, if they've put a shift in and they've had a go, then like they did at Liverpool and and Arsenal this year, then you can't really, you know, obviously the Newcastle game was the thing where we lost and we were crap. And so that's why, that's why that game was such an awful thing. But uh, yeah. And, you know, apart from that game, really, we've, Played all right, you know. We've we've either I mean, Fulham game wasn't great, but you know Fulham tried to nullify us. They missed, yeah. And so, um, oh, sorry, you don't want to know, but so so Vix Vix <laughs> told me, Vix told me not to tell him any scores. So yeah, so I, we have games. No, I, know, yeah, but, I, know the, I know the Fulham score. Okay, so obviously they they missed another penalty today, didn't they? So I don't know the answer. Yeah, they missed another penalty. It's unbelievable, but uh, no, it's uh, it's all good. And there's a roll on roll on Villa now. And it's good that we come back from international. There's no international break until March now, so which is good, isn't it? Because it seems to get in the way all the time. We get a bit of momentum, and then, and then obviously, you know, the good thing is obviously it means that Antonio will hopefully be in the squad for the Villa game. Yeah. I think Moyes has got a bit of a, you know, does he play him or does he, you know, does he risk? Because the thing is, we're going to have all these games in December. We couldn't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I'd risk him. I think Antonio. it was a good managerial managerial decision in hindsight, you know, um, you know, not picking him today, you yeah. know, and, and Anna's come up with a winner, obviously. Uh, so it makes it a good decision that, you know, just to give him another week, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. We'll Even see. then, like, if Anna's got the winner, does, does Mikel I mean. come straight back into the side? That's what I mean. He's in yeah. confidence, you know, he scored again, he scored for the Ivory Coast, he, he scored, scored a banger today, and so... You know, does he does he start with him at least put Antonio on the bench and then you know because my my worry is he get you know he comes back too soon from this injury and you know over Christmas we know there's like so many games over Christmas and so we really need to make need everyone fit so yeah um, that's when it obviously you know makes a big difference and if you've got a fully fit squad going into Christmas because after you know every game every three days whatever it is so yeah it's what it is man but we'll see we'll see at least, at least there's at least there's sort of like. 
there's there's competition for places. I mean, even Ben yeah. Rama hasn't got managed to get many game many minutes yet, and we know he's chomping at the bits. So yeah. it's nice to see some competition for places in the sort of midfield and up front, not in defence really, but yeah. um, midfield and up, up front. And I found out today that it's Soufal, not Kufal. That's right, yeah, yeah. And Salchek instead of Yeah, I don't get that. No, I don't think the Salchek's right. I really don't. Because, like, Martin, we, me and Martin, like, message each other. Martin does the, obviously the announcing at the ground. And he says Suchek, and he hasn't been corrected yet from the press guys. But uh, but Sufau, obviously, we've heard it from the horse's mouth. He wants to be called Sufau. It should be Kufau, but Sufau. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Do When you and Rob watch the football, do you listen to it with the crowd noise on or the crowd noise off? Um... I don't deliberately switch either of them. You know, I don't sit there and say to Rod, oh, let's have some crowd noise. Yeah. It's quite interesting, like, uh, actually hearing the players, if you can, yeah. and, like, and the coaches and that. Um, so I think if I did think about it, I would probably leave the crowd noise off. Yeah, I had it on today. I had it off today. It was on the, uh, wherever, as you said, I just pressed one button and it came up. And uh, God, it was noisy. God, they all shout. Everyone shouted today. It was really, really noisy. You know, I think Crestley get... got caught out with the F word. I think. Yeah, well, that's why I like. That's why I like. I was waiting for the. I was waiting for the apology from the. Yeah. Normally, the commentators say, um, "Like we're sorry if uh, you heard an unsavory yeah. word or whatever." But like, I think you got away with that one. That's what I like, but that's why I like listening to the ground noise off because you get, you know, it's a Sunday or whatever, and you're a bit of swearing on before nine o'clock. You know, I'm a bit of a child like that. Yeah. My, my daughter's watching it as well. It's quite funny because they, they don't do it like they really shout it, don't they? So it's like it's, um, yeah, it does make me giggle, right? Okay, Vic, so, um, first question, um, he says, uh, 11 minutes in, that ain't bad today. Um, first question is. Why are you a West Ham Vic, uh, West Ham fan, Vic? You know, we've had Rob mentioned why he was a fan, and you was a big, massive. Well, you, well, you were the main part of why he was a West Ham fan. But yeah. why are you are a fan? That's what I want to know today. Right. Well, I think I think I'm typical of my generation, where I inherited it from my dad. And my dad was sure. from sort of like the thatched house, Leytonstone, Stratford area. Yeah, and he was a West Ham for well over fifty years. Um, right. And um, he first took me, he told me, he first took me when I was three. So wow. that was 1962. So so not a bad time to start supporting No, wrestling. not at all, yeah. I was like a, a two, three-year-old, well, three, four-year-old glory under, I don't know, but uh, it, <laughs> I can certainly say I, I was introduced at the right time. God, yeah. Wow, what a time to yeah, exactly. Just get into peak. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what that game was. I've absolutely no, no idea. If I was to talk about my earliest memories, yeah, it would be. Um, I mean, I can remember standing on my dad's knee up in the. If you remember the the North Bank, uh, yeah. West Stand corner, there was a cage up there, and uh, and the steps were uh, were really sort of like like high, like deep, and I can remember standing on my dad's knee watching from that position. Uh, but my 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 earliest actual memory with anything to do with West Ham. Is actually standing on the corner of Green Street and Romford Road, watching the team bring the '64 Cup back for wow. the Super Eight. But I don't remember watching the game the day before. I can Brilliant. remember, I can remember <laughs> standing on that exact. I could take it to the place. Yeah, on that exact corner, watching watching the the coach come by with with the team on top of it. Fantastic. That, that, Fantastic. That, was, that was my first sort of. But you know, I've I've been going probably a, a couple of seasons before then. Sure. Yeah, you know, I just don't remember. I've, I've got, I'm a little bit. I'm, I'm gutted really when like you talk to people and they tell you what their first game was. Yeah. Uh, and I, I ain't got a clue. <laughs> my, my, one of my good mates, my my good football mates, his first game was the uh, the West Ham Sunderland eight 0 Jeff first six goals. Wow. It was his first game. Wow. Some people, have, when I've interviewed them, they're like, you know, notable first games. One of them was uh, Hull City when Steve Potts scored. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that's brilliant. That is like, you know, that literally, that is like a 0.2% chance of, because oh, yeah. yeah. obviously 500 odd games and one, one goal. Um, ironically enough, my, I only found out yet, well, I found out yesterday, because someone tagged me on a post at Facebook, that yesterday was my 20, was, was the anniversary of my first ever game at West Ham, which was 28 years ago. Right. Um, so, yes, 5-3 Oxford United against Oxford United. I've so, got yes. 30 years on you, have I? 
<laughs> yeah, a few more years. It's just a few. Um, but yes, I remember that. Yeah, because Oxford United scored after thirty seconds. Can you remember me? Like, like yeah, little w- with snapper getting all excited and thirty seconds in Oxford United score, and my granddad turned to me and went, "Get used to it, son. You got a whole lifetime of this." And yeah. I was like, "Yep, yep, that's fair enough. That's fair enough." Cheers, yeah. granddad. Yeah. And then uh, I think we were two one up after that five minutes. So it was all right. Um, and then someone quizzed me about it in a in a recording we did yesterday. Did I remember the team that played? I was like, no. I don't remember. I barely remember. You know, I remember getting there. I remember probably, you know, the drive there, but I can't remember the team. And the team was like, you know, Ludo and Potsy and all this. Like, I could have guess. I could have guessed it. To be fair, yeah. The only one I could remember is George Paris. So he was the midfield at the time. Did I think Joey Beecham scored for? Uh, he did. I think we won four two. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's five three. It's five three. Yeah, but Jerry Beecham did score. Yeah, and Julian scored uh, one of his thirty five yard pings. You know, like he used to do in the free kicks. So it weren't too bad. And and uh, apparently the attendance was eleven thousand. So no wonder he got a ticket that day. You know, it's one of those really shit games early on in that champ- in that Division Two season before yeah. it started yeah. getting a bit close, and we were getting close to going up, and everyone in every game was a sellout. I remember obviously. Yeah. Going to the Cambridge United one with Clive Allen score and everyone just like you know, I remember that so vividly that one. Not not many people talk about that Cambridge game, but that's out there. That's, that's brilliant that, that game. When, when that promotion winning game. Yeah. That's there. And I don't know if you remember part that game as well. Um Cambridge broke away and yeah. then we got a brilliant goal that was given offside. Yeah. And we got away with that. We got away with it. But that that's a game that was like massive. Massive. Yeah. But it's one of his first don't get many people talk about it. no and it's one of his first games that i remember well it's only my first real season there so i didn't really have a, a, a back catalogue of games to fall back on but it was i remember having the guy next to me had the portsmouth game on that's right yeah and so it was like you know, everyone was like huddled around him you know it's like nowadays everyone's got a phone with yeah. notifications and stuff like that. But he had this little, I remember it, little radio, and it was, like, really crackly, and it was, like, oh, it was just hilarious. But I remember it so vividly, because when that goal came in, when Clive Allen scored that second goal, I think Speedy scored the first goal, if I remember. And then David Speedy, got there's, there's a name of the past. Um, and then Clive Allen scored the second. And then I remember, because I was in the West End that time, and everyone ran on the pitch and then literally I almost got taken out by a rope ladder, which someone threw from the top of the West Upper and people were climbing down the rope ladder. I remember that. It was like, Jesus, what's that? Oh, absolutely brilliant. Mental. That was absolutely mental. You don't get many there. Obviously you don't get many pitch invasions anymore now anyway, but um, that was my vivid one. Cause I was like, this is just crazy. This is just what's going on. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Great day. That was, Crazy, crazy, crazy things. But yeah, right. Um, let's talk about your eleven, Vic, because I think this is going to be quite a good one. Because as you, you know, you know, you're as we sort of established, you're you're more of an experienced fan than myself. That's a nice way of putting it, isn't it? Right. Really? I, I've got, I've got to admit, it yeah, might not be to everyone's cup of tea. No, it's, it's going to be very, very sixties, seventies, eighties biased. Nice. Yeah, and but I think that's... For that is, the reason for that is, is the criteria for my best yep. 11 is there's got to be some longevity. Yeah. Right? So I won't be putting Paolo Futre in it, put it that way. But oh. He was the third best player in the world, according yeah. to Con Atkinson, and said we had no chance of signing him, right? So there's, there's going to be no Paolo Futre. Oh. Also, I've got to say they would have had to have played their best career football in a West End show. That's that's a good criteria. I like that. That is good, yeah. So, you know, that omits Rio. Yeah. Um, you know, Carrick, Cold, a lot. I don't even like yeah. listing that lot, you know. Um, so, that, you know, you, you could argue, arguably say Rio would be uh, alongside, obviously, the main man. Uh, yes. The centre-back, but not in my level, simply because... You know, there's, you know, there was no longevity with him, yeah. and he didn't play. Uh, he didn't play his best football for West Ham. I like that. Yeah, I like that. that's good. Because yeah. too often than not, we get players. I call them, they they bookend their career at West Ham. So they either they either you know they're either Rio Ferdinands and people like that, and uh, you know Jeremy Ngakias, or they're Teddy Sheringham. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? We never get like the ones in their pomp very often. So I like that. 
I've got a funny story about Palafutre because I was just talking to someone today. Um, so <laughs> Steve Joe, so Jonah told me a great story about Palafutre when they were training for when they were doing the 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 cross countries around the Hainault Forest, which is the, the obviously pre season. This limousine, they're all waiting to go for the run, and this limousine pulls up, <laughs> and then the black wind out windows just drop down and this cigarette uh, cigarette you know those big sort of yeah. cigarello things you know yeah. was just poking out with like it just smoking yeah door open the, the, the chauffeur gets out door opens it's it's paolo futre all dressed ready to go in his training kit he runs for about 15 minutes jumps back in the limousine and then goes off <laughs> And Jonah's like, that's what I got to put in my eleven because the man had so much balls to do that. You know, that's the first time he met everyone as well, which is a yeah, good old Palo Futre. Right, okay, so like the criteria, of it, it's a nice idea. Right, we'll start off in goal then. Let's start off in goal then. Well, in goal, before I just tell you about like, yep. the goalkeeper's choice, also, um, I'll be giving you know without giving too many clues away, but it's going to be obvious. Um, in my selection, there's three players I had as heroes spanning three decades. Wow. I.e. making debuts in the 60s yep. and left us in the 80s. So, wow. um, you know, there's, there's that, that's what being old get I can, I can fall back on, you know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, obviously, let, let, let's, get to, let's get to the goalkeeper. Go on, um, there's, there's not really any serious competitors to party. No. Right? But yeah. what, you know, before talking about Phil, um, Ludo, I thought was a fantastic goalkeeper for us. And there's one season in particular, it was a promotion season. We won so many games, 1-0. Yeah. And Ludo was literally keeping us in those games. And for that reason, if I hadn't um, sort of witnessed the, the signing of Phil Parks, yeah. uh, he, he'd probably be, would, would be me, uh, me number one. But also, I've got to mention someone. Um, I've got to mention Mervyn Day. Now, when, yep. Mervyn Day, when Mervyn Day made his debut in 1973, beginning of the 73 season, um, he had a good run of games, and Ron Greenwood called him West Ham's goalkeeper for the next 10 years, right? Yeah. All well and good. And he had, he, leading up to maybe the 75 Cup final and then probably the following season, in my opinion, he was a much, much better goalkeeper than Pickford is now and Joe Hart ever was. Yeah. That, that early spell of Mervyn Day, and what I don't know if you know this, Russ, as well, he was the first recipient of the young player PFA Young Player of the Year. Mm, didn't know that, no. Right, so so he what Mervyn Day was a brilliant goalkeeper. Up yeah. until he got married, <laughs> and then it went pear shaped. <laughs> That's what I was told. But but Mervyn Day was good. But you know you can't you can't look any further than Big Phil Parts, can you? Nah, nah. You know this. I can in those days in the late seventies. Up to the mid eighties, I was almost hundred percent home and away. Sure. I missed. I think I missed about four games in all those years home and away, and I can only think of two mistakes Phil Parks ever made. One was away at Sunderland when he let it bounce off of his chest and it led to a goal, and another one was an home game against Liverpool. Cross come over from the west side, and he, he, his knee went, and he sort of he sort of parried across, which led to a goal. They are the only two mistakes. Wow. I can remember Phil Parks making. That's yeah. mental. And um, yeah, he absolutely. I couldn't believe it. You know when people say they remember where they were when, say, like Kennedy got shot or yeah. or Elvis died. I remember exactly where I was <laughs> when we saw Phil Parks. It was like man, I, I, I was sitting in my living room waiting for my mum to do me dinner, and the six o'clock news was on, and Reginald Bosenkett was reading the news, and at the end of the news, little bit of sports news, yeah. And, Stanley Knight had just signed QPR goalkeeper Phil Parts for a world record fee, 565,000. I was reading the paper, so I wasn't paying too much attention. Right. Did I just think that? Right. So Man United at the time had a rubbish keeper called Paddy Roach. Right. So yeah. Man United could have done with a keeper. Right. And like, I went, what? What? And I couldn't believe it. Parts, was absolutely brilliant. And I think he made his own debut at home against Oldham. But as soon as he got between the sticks, the, the the confidence that he oozed, just by you know because he was brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just ran through the whole team. It was almost like his signing had an effect over the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah. 
And then, yeah. um, as I say, you know, he was just fantastic for over 10 years for us, wasn't he? Yeah, it's mental, wasn't it? And, and it's like, obviously, we've had, we had Marie on. We had his daughter on once, yeah. which, which was lovely. And, um, and just, yeah, he's just like, obviously, he, she speaks, obviously, so highly of her dad anyway. But, you know, everyone we've had on, you know, the ex-players as well who were playing, obviously, around around Phil's time. Um, and it's something about goalkeepers. I think, you know, I, I didn't really, I don't think I really, I think I underestimated the role of a goalkeeper until Fabianski got injured and then Roberto came yeah. in because yeah. it's just so, it's like, it's like when you're building like a house of cards and yeah. like, and like the goalkeeper's the bottom bit. And if that goes, the whole structure just goes because everyone, as you said, like as soon as parts went between the sticks, everyone, like the whole team are more confident and, it's it's so crucial to have a good goalkeeper, isn't yeah, it? And, and, yeah, I, I, I actually I actually thought that I mean obviously we had we had Shilton and Clements. Sure, yeah, uh, yeah. I thought Partsy, perhaps this is me being biased. He was better than Joe Corrigan, but Partsy was probably the third best goalkeeper in England. But oh yeah, I, I still made him world class because yeah. I think he probably could have got in in ninety five percent of teams worldwide. He was yeah. that good. That's how highly I rated him. Mm. and it's one of those things with West Ham players as well they seem to always turn up at the wrong time of their career in terms of England so as you said like if if Parksy was a few years either side he would have been England number one yeah. really yeah. wouldn't he so um and, and it's happens a few times with West Ham players but yeah Parksy's just yeah and eventually oh, we'll get, we're getting him on eventually where he doesn't like doing all this I mean you didn't have a problem at all with doing this with it. you know literally straight on you got, you got it yourself but so yeah well Marie's promised we're doing it in his bar so I'll take that yeah. I'll take that I'll wait it's all right Marie I'll wait so I can do it in the bar I'm fine right okay we'll put Parksy in um you go through the team as you want Vic you go in whatever order you've got it down mate all right, well, I'll, um, we'll go for right back. Sure. Um, again, going back to the, you know, like the 60s and that, um, mm. you know, um, I can't really, I can't, although, as I said earlier, that it's 60, 70, 80 is based. Um, I was looking at players from a child's perspective. So yeah. what I love doing now, I, I love getting all the old DVDs and all the old film, I love watching old matches and that um, yeah. through an adult size now. Yes. I don't think we've had a plethora of good right backs. No. Now, I'm, I'm obviously going to name my right back, but I could quite easily have had Frank Lampard at right back because he was a right-footed left back, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was very, very tempted to put him right back because most people's first choice would be the other player that played left back, you know, as, as a left back, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was tempted to put Frank right back, but... I can't, I can't go past Ray Stewart. Yeah. Ray Stewart. We had that at the end of the season when we got relegated and that. We had a bit of a clear out, didn't we? And then one of uh, John's first signings was Ray Stewart. Made his debut away at Barnsley in the League Cup game. I went up to see that. And uh, he, was, he, he was the best young right back in Scotland at the time. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, John had a good relationship with uh, the Dundee United manager. And um, so we signed Ray. And uh, I thought, yeah, straight away, I thought he was good. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, my criteria, you know, he played for us for over 10 years. You yeah. know, there's longevity there. And another thing I actually remember, every now and again, he used to, he, like, obviously in emergencies, he used to come in centre-back. He was brilliant in the air, Ray Stewart as well. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. I think he played centre-back when we beat Everton at Ellen Road. And because uh, Alvin was, Alvin had tonsillitis. And they moved uh, Ray Stewart in the centre-back. And... Um, I can remember him being brilliant in the air, but as a fullback, he was strong. Um, you know, he, he, you know, he was athletic as well, wasn't he? I just, I just thought yeah. he was a very, very good young player, and you know, we, you know, we, we, he did well for us, right, Stuart? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I know. You, uh, obviously, going back, watching a lot of. And also, obviously, the penalties. You know, we, we mentioned yeah. you know, the, the Fulham penalties, and um, you know, no, no one does that anymore, do they? No. No one just tonks it, do they? No one like him just hits it hard. You know, they all try and do his Penenka's stuff. But um, yeah, top top bloke. And again, he's one. He's another one who's a bit of a technophobe. So we'll get him on eventually. <laughs> we can do yeah. it face to face. But okay. he's brilliant. He's and he's a oh, lovely, lovely bloke as well. Like you know, yeah, if you meet definitely. him, he'll Thanks talk to you. Friend Len, uh, yeah. These functions. I've, I've, I'm, I'm happy to say I've met all my heroes and. Yeah. Um, 
every time you know uh, every time you meet Ray, he's a lovely fella. Nothing oh. too much trouble. Photograph, no. photograph. Love, yeah. love. Oh, he's like old school. Sort of yes. Thing. Yeah. And they like, and all that generation, all that generation are as well, aren't they? It's like everyone we've interviewed from that sort of era, so to speak. They're all just lovely and and have all the time i mean literally bless him i i, I text because i don't like phoning people if they don't know me so i text everyone yeah. so and he, he texts me and he basically he phoned me back within like two minutes of me texting him and he just said hi russ it's ray stewart oh hi ray hi ray how are you and he went, look i'm not being i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it because i don't like doing the internet stuff but we'll do it when, when we're back at london stadium yeah it's cool that's no problem at all man i i, I you know thanks for getting back to me he then chatted for about an hour and a half about West Ham, you know, just like I've never met the man. And then after after about an hour and a half, he says, Russ, I'm, I'm sorry, mate, I'm going to have to go because the tea bags are just dried off the line. I've got to get a moon before it gets wet again. <laughs> <laughs> Tickle sweaty, but yeah. yeah. Um, top bloke, top bloke. Right, we'll put Tonks in. You carry on, Vic. Who's left next, back. mate? Left back? Yeah, go on. <laughs> I'm going to get slaughtered for this. Absolutely slaughtered. I'm not going to put Julian in now. Nope. Yeah. Again, um, Frank, I added, I had him as one of my heroes over yeah. three decades. You can't argue with two FA Cup winners' medals either. You can't. No, you uh, can't. I know. I know he, he played left back for the majority of his career. I actually remember his debut. Um, sure. Wow. Uh, Man City at home, '67. Um, I played right back that night, or so he reminded me when I met him a few few months ago. I thought he, <laughs> I, I thought he played left, but I was—I said sorry, Frank. I was only eight, um, but um, I'm going to put Frank in there, <clears throat> even though I think Julian was actually the more talented player. Yeah, no, I agree. Andy was Julian was very, very um, inspiring as well, wasn't he? What yeah. um, what on left foot? He had a beautiful left foot, didn't he, Julian? Obviously. Oh. Without stating the obvious, took no prisoners, was an excellent defender. But I'm going with Frank um, because of the, my criteria, you know, the, um, yeah. the, the longevity. And he was p- part of two excellent West Ham teams over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, there's not many there's not many people left really who have done what he's done in his career in terms of West Ham. I think with Frank and it's like, it's funny. I talked to a lot of the more experienced fans uh, and, and the, and the sort of the, the older players as well about Frank when they pick him for their sides. And it's one of those things where he seems to get, obviously, you know, based on you know, people, you know, don't necessarily look at him as the player, but obviously then there's the assistant manager and obviously his son is and stuff like that. And therefore he's not revered in the way that he should be. Do you know what I mean? Like with like the Billy Bonds and, and, and Bobby Moores and, you know, you see how many games he played for West Ham, you know, and he should be revered in, in the, but he's always like probably about fifth. Do you know what I mean? When people talk about the greats of West Ham, he should be higher up and, it's it's a it's a shame because you know as you said he's just like you know he won two FA Cup medals you know hello <laughs> I mean, yeah, people did that here's something Russ that not many people talk about he actually played more for West Ham than Bobby Moore did yeah yeah exactly yeah actually second didn't he second yeah. yeah yes that's got to give you something isn't it that's like... oh, totally totally and I just think it's it's a real shame because you know we were we were sort of revering these. You know these legends and like people like Billy and there's obviously Bonzo, obviously Moro and you know Brookin and you know but he needs he you know I just think there's you know and it's probably unfortunately one of those things that happens when he's not here anymore because that seems to happen you know everyone you know everyone sort of remembers people after they've gone we're actually taking the advantage like with Billy when we had to do his do the stand that was that was the right thing to do at the right time you know so. Yeah, it's one of my big missions. I don't know how I do it, but yeah. Just a couple of memories of Frank is that uh, uh, I used to love the way he used to deal with John Chidozzi. I mean, first when he was at Orient and he went to Notts County. I mean, like, I, I had a really great um, crowd of like um, fellow supporters. We used to go on the coaches together, and we, oh. we did all them. We did all the grounds, you know, and uh, we used to look forward to Notts County away because. Like when Chitosi used to come up against Frank, <laughs> it was like carnage, absolutely carnage. But my last, I suppose, my lasting memory of Frank is, apart from him obviously scoring the goal at Ellen Road and his goal yeah. celebration, um, this was Alan Devonshire's debut for West Ham. It was a League Cup game at home against QPR, right? 
We lost the game 2 0, I believe. But I was standing right by the tunnel, right? Anyway, QBR, I don't know if anyone's spoken to you about this before. QBR are kicked off. This is to start the match, right? <laughs> They've kicked off. They've played the ball straight out of Dave Thomas, who's standing like on the halfway line, but on the on, on the touchline, right by the tunnel. The game's three seconds old. Frank's taking him out, waist high, right? <laughs> I'm like, this is up to three seconds. It's one of the most horrendous tackles I've ever seen in my life. And it was Don Masson. And I was so close to the pitch. It was unbelievable. Don Masson, he actually used an expletive, right? And basically, with this expletive, he went, bloody old Frank. What was that all about? Right? And I heard Don Masson say it. And of course, Frank got up, probably patted Dave Thomas on the, on, on yeah. the end and, and walked away. But that's, I think, a lot of people... That were at that game, like we'll never forget that tackle. Brilliant, love it. I love things like this. It's brilliant. It's it's uh it's so funny. I, it's just it's just it's almost like you, you. What I love about doing this these these interviews is almost like you're reliving people's. Well, you are you're reliving people's experiences, but you know, but for me, it's almost like a first time. So it's like I'm going to go back and 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 go and look at some of those ex examples and go find the, you know, the clips on YouTube and stuff. So it's brilliant. Yeah. So I, I write, that's what I'm doing here. I always write notes. Everyone asks what I write on here and I write notes of things to watch. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. We'll put, yeah, lovely stuff. So we'll put Frank senior in, um, you center, center off then. Who's your first center off? Uh, center off. Um, well, let's, let, let, let's get the obvious out of the way, really. I mean, obviously Bobby Moore. Yeah. You know, if I'm, if I'm playing like a four, four, two, I know he played like left wing half when he first got in the side. But I, I think, you know, if we're going to sort of have a, you know, have a balance of, um, you know, systems, it's, it's just easier to go for, so, you know. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have Bobby Moore and, you know, what, what can I say about him? Um, I haven't said before, you know, I, I was lucky enough to meet him um, and um, he signed a ball for me, which I've still got. I've got a, I've got a bit of a memorabilia collection that I'm quite proud of. Um, and one of the main pieces are I've got a plain white leather football that I got 30 odd years ago. And I've got all my favourite players uh, to sign uh, over the years to yeah. sign in each like little panel. And it was difficult enough just to get an old fashioned plain white leather football. Sure, but, yeah. Um, in each of the panels, I've got all my favourite players, and, oh, wow. and I wrote to all the players. But uh, Bobby Moore was uh, working for Capital Gold Sport at the time, and um, I managed to meet him, and I got a fantastic photo done with him. But unfortunately, like he, he wasn't well at the time, so oh, yeah. you know. So that's that's like that's a memory off the pitch I've got of him. But I can remember sort of you know sort of obviously going in those early days, and and this is another thing that I don't like about the modern game. It's only something silly. But in those days, the teams used to come out separately, if you probably remember. Sure. Now it's all choreographed with like the Premier League logo and yeah. they'll pass each other and shake each other's hands. One of the great figures about going to Upson Park was the, the atmosphere that the fans created. And you could really ram that home when when the team came out on their own you know you, you yeah. know the Upton Park roar you know but like I can remember getting it as a, as a little boy getting in the ground really early and obviously really excited and then the image of Bobby Moore coming out of the tunnel wow. you know and it, it's it's my favorite kit of all time that this yeah. kit um you know and his, his white shorts and his white socks immaculate almost almost like medicinal you know he looked he looked so crisp sure. but it was like godlike with Bobby Ball. Yeah. And um, you know, that's that's the image that that, that, that you got. And um, yeah. you know, it's, it, I think everyone said said everything about Bobby Moore, you know, that you know. Yeah, I mean, it's and we've, we've interviewed some players who are obviously fortunate enough to have played with with Bobby as well, um, and just the the way he conducted himself, um, it you know within the team, you know, he'd he'd, he'd wait at the players' entrance and shake everyone's hand when they come in, yeah. um, and like stuff like that, you know, class. And obviously, we had people like Matt Lorenzo on who did like a massive, um, yeah. the Bobby Moore um, yeah. documentary. Um, and so yeah, it's brilliant. And so yeah, and obviously he he, he knew Bobby quite well um, through his dad as well. So um, yeah, just an incredible man. And that and that's the idea again. If this this whole thing is to sort of categorise all these different memories, as you've got memories of him, of him, at, you know, meeting him and and signing his football when he was at Capital and stuff. And oh, I love it. I love it. Love it. Right, Mister Moore is in. I think that was a nailed on one to be honest. Right. Okay. Who is next? Then, right. Vic? 
the centre back pairing is probably yeah. my most difficult decision out of that <laughs> lot. Because um, like most of most of my team, you know, um, you know, they they pick themselves to be quite honest. But yeah. going back, we we had a good centre back in the sixties, obviously, um, Ken Brown, senior. Yeah. But then we went years. We must we must have gone almost twenty years without actually replacing him. We tried we tried Alan Stevenson, we tried Tommy yeah. Taylor, but it weren't until Manuel Pogatex came into the side that I thought Exactly. I've, I was literally <laughs> typing in Pogatex. I was seeing if it was a P A P O G. I was just like just Googling it. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of Strada the Plodder. I'm yeah. thinking of Paul Hilton. But yeah, sorry to disappoint everyone. Oh. It's got to be Alvin. Yeah, it's got to be Alvin. Brilliant. I loved Alvin Martin. Absolutely loved him. Mm. Yeah, and I thought, you know, yeah, yeah. He's, he, 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 until Alvin got in the side, um, you know, we had, we hadn't really had a, a, a um, commanding yeah yeah, yeah. centre back since since Ken Brown. Yeah. It's a great shout. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, one of those players who, you know, weren't from around these parts, but, um, you know, came down as a, as a, as a young kid, really, from yeah. Liverpool, and then, you know, still lives in the area and, you know, all that stuff. So I still see him around quite a bit. But, yeah, no, he's, um, yeah, top, top bloke, isn't he? Top, yeah, top bloke. And, a, and again, 20, 20 years of the club, wasn't it? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. Two, two testimonials, didn't they? Two testimonials. You know, nowadays, you know, if you get three years out of a player, you've done well, haven't you? Yeah. So, fulfills get... all my criteria. Yes, exactly. Tick, tick, tick. Best football for West Ham uh, was had the longevity. Yeah, and um, he's like an adopted copy, really, isn't he? Yeah, like 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 Ray Stewart. They they yeah. dear themselves so much to the fans that like you forget Ray Stewart's a jock sometimes, and now yeah. they're like us. They're like one of us. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Uh, right. Okay, we'll put Alvin in. Into midfield, go on then, Vic. Well, uh, four in midfield. I'm thinking, do I go with a diamond? And I think, <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just gonna hit you with four midfield players. Yeah, just do and it, man. A couple of them will be obvious, like, like the, they'll all be obvious. Um, but a couple of the, the, their positions will sort of be obvious. Right, yeah. So let's go left midfield. I'm going uh, dead. Yeah. What's a player? What's a what's a I, honestly? I'll. When, when, when he made his debut against against QPR that, that night, I, I was a bit disappointed in myself because at the time um, I was following all like the youth. I was down Chabali for like Saturday mornings watching like the under 18s and the under 16s, sure. like, following a lot of the. It, it was before the academy system as we yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you wanted to see like the youth team, you'd either go and see them at Upton Park in an FA Youth Cup game or South East Counties. Um, or if you wanted to, you know, really follow it, you'd have to go over Chabaleef on a Saturday morning. And like, then this, this player called Alan Devonshire is like in the side. I, I've never heard of him. Like, where they got him from? You know, I, I've never seen him at Chabaleef as a youngster. And I was disappointed in myself in not knowing him. Anyway, yeah. he, had a, he had a good game that night and he just went on to be, you know, one of our best ever players. Yeah. And um, I'm not comparing him to George Best, but when he used to pick the ball up deep, say from Partsy, and then just turn and run, right? He, I'm mentioning George Best, like no, no one compares to George Best. No. But he would glide past players, right? And then you think he was running at his, his peak speed, and then all of a sudden he'd, he'd, find, he'd take off again. Yeah. Within the same run, you know, the, the defender would think they've got him here, and then he'd, he'd, somehow he'd, he'd, he'd have that little burst of speed again, he was brilliant, Alan Devonshire. Absolutely loved him. Yeah, and and and, and again, you know, one of you, know, you look at players now, and obviously, you know, what I think, you know, because he's sort of, we picked him out of you know relative obscurity as well, you know, for five grand or whatever. I mean, what we can get for five grand nowadays, you know what I mean? Like a second-hand Fiesta or something like that. Um, you know, what would he be worth in, in today's market? But you know, him. What I think compared to modern players as well is obviously he got the injury and he came back a completely different player. He had to reinvent himself. Yeah, Nowadays, footballers are so one-dimensional, it seems. Yeah. I always think of someone like Michael Owen. When Michael Owen did his, did his hamstring in, he was never the same player because that was all his game was pace. Yeah. Where Dev had to do sort of, you know, had to he had to redevelop himself into into yeah. you know the 
the 85, 86 version of Alan Devis. Do you know what I mean? It's just, and so, um, and that was still yeah. a brilliant version, wasn't it? Oh, um, yeah. Can you imagine how good he would have been? And like, yeah. you know, in this day and age, how long would he have been with us? Yeah. You know? Um, so that's why, again, going back to the bias, you know, football was a different <laughs> game in those days yeah. where the clubs had the power, the players didn't. Um, you know, um, uh, play, uh, uh, player power really has, yeah. has changed the game since. It has, yeah. Um, but Dev, yeah, oh, what a player, yeah, loved it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, top bloke as well, lovely bloke with him on. He yeah. couldn't work, he couldn't work all this out, Vic. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I had, a, I had like a 20 minute conversation with his wife trying to sort it out. Yeah. Bless him. But he's, yeah. And he's just had a, just had a hip operation, isn't he? So he's recovering from that at the moment. So um, he's not, he's not doing the old maiden head stuff at the moment. He's, he's giving it to his assistant manager. So yeah, I knew he had it, but I didn't realize he had, um, it, it, it pulled back on the, on the coaching. There. Yeah. I think it's only while he's recovering from it. So, but he's all right. I mean, the maidenhead seems to be doing all right at the moment. So it's all good. Um, right. Okay. That's Devin. Who's next then, Vic? <coughs> so Trev. Sir Trev, Sir Trev. Oh, honestly, I, I feel when, when I mention a couple of these midfielders' names, I, you know, I've been in their company a few times. I mean, I, you know, I could name drop for England simply because of all the yeah. all the functions I've been to, and just to yeah. be in the same room as Trevor yeah. Brooklyn. And you know, as I say, I, I, I remember, I actually remember him scoring an trick against Newcastle. That would have been about sixty-eight. About 68, 69, and he, you know, he could have left us because he he yeah. weren't getting a, he weren't getting a a, 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 um, a decent run in the side, um, but obviously you know it's it's, it's become one of our greatest greatest of all time, you know, and yeah. he, um, oh, I just loved the way he glided across the pitch, didn't he? And then yeah. my, my 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 lasting memory about Trevor Brookin is 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 my actual favourite goal at Upton Park, which is his second against Eintracht Frankfurt. <clears throat> right, now that game, if, if you're asking about, um, you know, your favourite games, if, if sure. at my age will say Frankfurt. No, mm -hmm. no two ways about it. But I was at printing college at the time and uh, in Dagnum, and I had to catch a bus um, to, to Upton Park from Dagnum. And it was torrential rain. You get off the bus, you get soaked, <laughs> like the rain's pouring down. But you knew Brooklyn was going to be brilliant. You knew he was going to be brilliant that night. Yeah. And I don't know if you, you know, you ever seen the game on on. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've had to watch. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, puddles everywhere. Yeah. And, and honestly, I never ever get sick and tired of watching that goal. Watching <laughs> that goal. I mean, people talk about a Di Canio volley against Wimbledon. Yeah. Um, my actual favourite Di Canio goal is, is is not that one. It's the one he gets against. Arsenal at the um, at the South Bank end. Yeah, uh, you know when he does Keo on um, Tony Adams, but you know Trip, that's my lasting memory of Trevor Brooking is is that yeah. his second goal against Eintracht Frankfurt. I absolutely love it, and I, I you know I get a bit emotional. I'll be honest with you, you know when I talk about Trev and and, and another midfield um, selection of mine. Yeah, yeah, I could probably guess who it's going to be, but yeah, but I mean with Trevor as well, he just you know. Yeah. And, and 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 dev as well you know what i've realized obviously because i've been watching a lot more of the older game particularly like the first lockdown when there was no football on um was just the state of those pitches and they would play in the way they were playing on these bogs of pitches you know yeah you know, i remember when, I, when we interviewed frank Macker, he said to me, you know, go and watch that Chelsea game. We beat them 4-0 at Chelsea. It's literally like a sand, but it's like it's literally like a beach. And they were still playing incredible football. What, what could they do on the bowling greens of, of London Stadium? Do you know what I mean? How much should they be worth in terms of money as well? Absolutely mental. But um I'll tell you the match to watch if you're talking about pitches. It's yeah. five one away win at Man City, um Jimmy Greaves' debut, right? That's yeah. a game to watch. Okay. For, for the pitches, it's unbelievable. There's not a blade of grass on the pitch. It's just mud. It's just mud and water. That's all it is. That's the, where where Ronnie Boyce gets that that volley from the halfway line. Oh yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen the goal. Right, yeah, I see. I see. I've written, written, put my note down. If you if you if you, if you, if you compare pitches. Yeah, we'll do. All right. So it puts it puts the Trev in. Who's he going to partner in the midfield then? Well, I wonder. He's, he's, he's <laughs> Let me just type in Jonathan. So I've got to type in Jonathan Spector. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea, Jonathan Spector. Um, 
in, yeah. yeah, that one guy, that, that Man United game, you can't, you know, when it's like, where the hell is this player? You know, do you ever score a brace? about that Man United game, we had months produced, didn't we? The club oh. shop produced months. Was it Was it 4 0 or 4 1? Oh, something like that. It was pissing down, I remember, yeah. A bit embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, so anyway. Um, now, nah, well, obviously, we're going with Billy Bonds. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we, you know, I've got a quick try, try and tell this quickly. You know, um, when we signed Billy Bonds in 1967, I was on a Cubs holiday, right? So I'm eight years old. I'm on a Cubs holiday at Bognor Regis, right? And what's happened is, is West Ham have actually pushed a boat out here, which like was unknown for us, right? Yeah. We signed, we signed three players. We spent a world record fee on a goalkeeper. Not the world's greatest goalkeeper, Gordon Banks, who wants to come and play with his World Cup winning teammates, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Scotland's number one, right? But Scotland's second best goalkeeper we spend a world record fee on, right? Yeah. Ferguson, right? Yeah. There's one signing. The other signing, the centre half, John Cushley, right? Celtic Reserve. I think he was he was like you see him in the um in the celebratory photos when uh, Celtic win the European Cup, you know, so he was in the squad, right? And Billy Bonds, right? So we had we, we had sort of no telephone or nothing like that. So the only way I could find out how these three players debuted, debuted was getting off this coach like a week, week after. I knew we'd lost the game 3-2, Sheffield Wednesday. I come running upstairs and went, Dad, 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 like, what are three new signings like, Dad? And Dad said, the goalkeeper's rubbish. <laughs> Set her ass rubbish. But the young lad Bonds looks a good player. Right, uh, so um, <laughs> that was my first report on Billy Bonds. Now, obviously, we saw as a right back. Yes, he was great as a right back. Right, uh, and I don't know whether many people remember he actually played a couple of games on the wing. Right, so but obviously he ends up getting made, uh, getting moved from right back into midfield, which was my favourite Billy Bonds position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love. Those pictures of him with his like ankles, like like his socks around his ankles, that beard, like. <laughs> and do you know what? I'll actually describe Billy Bonds. This might sound biased. I think he was the fairest hard man I've ever seen. Really? All those other hard men were nasty, so and so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. weren't nasty. He was just hard. Yeah. And like, and, like and, and and I can remember him saying he used to get such a buzz out of whether this is a word or it makes sense he used to love out fitnessing his opponent yeah like, so he would go through uh, as all these players were dropping like you know like flies bill would still be trudging through that mud and like not taking any nonsense and like yeah. one took liberties with like trev like bill's in there and he no nonsense and then obviously he moves back to center half at, at the veteran stage of his, his career yeah. But I loved him. I loved him as a midfield player. But um, you know, I've, I'm I'm leaving a few. I'm not, you know, I'm about to name my fourth midfielder. But I've got I've got to mention Graham Paddon. I love. Yep. Graham. He was a beautiful footballer, and he gave us a lovely. We had a lovely left side in like like leading up to the '75 Cup final. You know, we had we had Frank on the left, even though he was right footed. You know. <laughs> um, and and then we had Graham Paddon on the left side of midfield, and on the left side up front was Keith Robson, right? And Robbo had a couple of great years for us. He, he was he was no nonsense. But Graham Paddon as a midfielder, I loved. I loved Arl Berkovich. I thought Berkovich was a, again yeah. a loved footballer. And and to this day, and I'll include, you know, where I'm from and how early I can I can comment on. Arl <laughs> yeah. Berkovich was the greatest exponent of what I call the final that like the final ball. That when you yeah. get, you know, you can come, you can build up from the back yeah, yeah. field, but it's that all-important final pass mm. that, that that creates the goal-scoring chance. I haven't seen anyone in a claret and blue shirt provide no. that like final pass as well as he did. I thought Berkovich was brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. So I feel as if um, I have to mention Graham Padanar Berkovich. But my, <laughs> fourth, my fourth choice, my fourth choice yeah. in the field, and where you're going to play him. I don't know. A because he was such a talented player, uh, and he played in every position, right? And it's Martin Pieces. Yeah. Um, did he play his best football in a West Ham shirt? I like. I think he did just. Right? But I've had so many, so many players that I've met over the years and in the know tell me out the three, Ersmore and Peters, he was actually the most naturally gifted player out. That's what they say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's what they say out of him. Yeah. He was an absolutely magnificent player. Martin Peters and like 
I mean, work my system out. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to play that way. But he could literally have played anywhere, you know. I don't, you know. So, um, that's yeah, not, that's, think, that's quite, it's quite got, a tasty midfield, that, that victory. To be honest, quite tasty indeed. It's like, where, where, where are you going to play him? I'm not yeah. so sure, but you're, you're going to be playing Dev there, aren't you? Trev, oh, yeah. I suppose there's a little bit of flexibility with, uh, with uh, Trev across yep. that line somewhere. Bonzi's like, he's just like, He's just sorting everyone out, and he and um, yes, it just... and it was and it was nice to see. Like obviously, we talked about Bonzo. I said that the whole name in the stand after him, like last season, and was it last season? Yeah, it must be last season, um, and stuff like that. You know, he, again, a man who doesn't show any, he never showed any emotion. Um, you know, it's almost almost be breaking down, crying. You know, there's lots of dry eyes, not many dry eyes in, in London Stadium that day. But um, no, I was in tears myself. Yeah, it was lovely. He came over right over to us. And, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. He came right over to us. Well, I was, <laughs> I was actually sitting in the Billy Bond stand. We, uh, <laughs> there we go. He's, he was literally coming because this is his stand. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah but, and when, when he started giving it that, and yeah. he, he, he started crying. And yeah. that set me off. I was, yeah. I was a wreck. I was all over the place. To see him in tears. Yeah. And, like, the realisation of what he meant to all us lot. You know, yeah, yeah, Billy yeah. Bonds. Billy Bonds and Trevor Brooks. There's two words that I... I hear in everyday vocabulary and I attach the word magnificent to Billy Bonds mm. and the word elegant to Trevor Brooking. Yeah. When I hear That's those right. two words, it's always the elegant Trevor Brooking, the magnificent Billy Bonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, that was, it was lovely to see. And it was nice as well because obviously Alvin was doing the PA for that and all the boys yeah. were there and there was like obviously some of the boys he's played with, some of the ones he managed and yeah, it was a lovely, lovely thing. Well, well, we're overdue, to be honest. Right, okay. Uh, who's going to be up front, then? Who's going to be up, up front? Up front. Uh, main target, man, is going to be uh, Sir Jeff. Yep. Um, again, like Moro, what's, what can I say that hasn't been said before? Um, you know, I, I called it to my dad. He was just an average um, wing off, you know, <laughs> going nowhere. And, uh, yeah. Until Ron obviously converted him there, and I watched the World Cup final um, uh, not long ago. Yeah, and, uh, that, yeah, apart from him obviously getting the hat trick and like the perfect hat trick as well. Yeah, he's he's got everything. He's got pace. He's got strength. He's great in the air. Um, technically, I mean, again, you don't get many people talk about this, but that controversial goal when Ball he goes down the right wing and he whips that ball in. And then, obviously, like, Jeff hits the shot and it hits the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you watch how Jeff takes that ball, how he receives the ball in the box, his first touch and his turn and swivel, and then to get the shot in. Technically, that was magnificent. Yeah. That was magnificent. But, uh, yeah, I've got a target man, I've got to be earthly. Like, you know, big, again, there's no competition for his place in my eleven. but you could mention Dean Ashton, I think. Dean Ashton, he could have been a West Ham legend. Oh, he could have been, yeah. Probably would have stayed with us if, you know, I think he may, uh, he he certainly had the ability to be a potential England regular. Yeah. Oh, Uh, definitely. We loved him. him, And I think, I think obviously he was very unlucky, but I think we would have seen him for more than like the odd two or three years. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Artson, I'll be honest with you, my own. My overriding emotion of John Artson was, like, you know, when him and Paul Kitson helped to stay up. And then yeah. the following season, Artson oh. was unmarkable oh. on, on certain occasions. Um, he was a beast, unmarkable, yeah. obviously knew where the goal was. But then he took his foot off the pedal. And whether that, whether that coincided with a dodgy knee or something like that, but I was, my lasting emotion of John Artson is disappointment. You yeah. know, he took his foot off, he put on tons of weight. And yeah. then he, he weren't bothered. And so he don't even come into the equation. But nah. um, so really, when you're thinking of target men, you, other than Erste, you're looking at Artson or Dean Ashton. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's obviously Erste for me. Yeah, definitely. And obviously you've been fortunate enough to see the see the three of them play in it as well, which yeah. is which is a nice, yeah, a great thing to be able to do. Yeah. Um, right. OK, so Hurstie's in. And then that, that means there's one more spot. Mick, one more spot, I man. Tell you, I cannot tell you how much I loved this man. And at one of one of the functions, oh, I must have had one too many Peronis because I, <laughs> I kept telling him that I kept saying to him, "Do you realise 
how well you're thought of at West Ham. Yeah. It's Pop Robson. Lovely. Pop Robson. Um, he, I, you know, he was fantastic. And again, he could have played for most teams in, in yeah. the at that time. But my, my, my favourite story about Pop Robson is when he signed for us for the second time, a mate of mine was an apprentice at West Ham uh, at the time. And my mate told me, he said, like, at training, like when you had the training games and that, when Pop Robson had a shot on goal, it hit the target every single time. Not necessarily score every time, but he never, ever missed the target. And wow. if you if you go back over the old DVDs and your videos, um, yeah, I think this game's actually on the Billy Bond story. Funnily enough, it's we played a game against Man United again. That was about seventy two, and he gets two goals. Uh, both of those goals in that game were fantastic goals. Yeah. Great technique, great technique, great finishing. And I think I think his finishing was world class. I wouldn't call him a world class player, but. If I've read Bobby Moore's first book, like or the, the book that he wrote. There's been many yeah. about Bobby since, but there's somewhere in there that says uh, Bobby Moore reckoned he was as good as Gerd Muller, right? Wow. And the only reason why he wasn't thought of as good as Gerd Muller is because Ron Greenwood didn't tell him. So that's a little that's a little slur on Ron Greenwood's man management. But according to Bobby Moore, Pop Robson was as good as Gerd Muller. Yeah. Yeah, and also, and also the thing about Pop as well is we've had obviously we've had TC on, um, we've had Crossy on as well, and yeah. both of them basically, yeah, they, they Pop Robson was was their idol. Yeah, um, and obviously Crossy was fortunate enough to play with him. Um, Loved Crossy, Loved Crossy as well. Oh, top like top top guy, oh, and no. and so him and and obviously Cotty. So you know, not only the fact that Pop played for West Ham and obviously had an effect. On you know people who when he was playing, but obviously that you know some he, some like Tony Cotty being his idol, you know it's just like it's it's a it's a circle of life type thing. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, love lovely man, lovely man. Put obviously. Right, the players have missed out. Do you normally ask for substitutes? Yeah, go. Who would you have on? I, mean, I don't usually, but go on in. Someone, someone can say, "Hey, well, I left Paolo out of the team." <laughs> I mean, I'm looking for players to get me out of my seat. I mean, we had some <laughs> rubbish teams when Paolo was in the team, right? But one one touch from Paolo could make the entrance fee. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, bit bit too recent. Payet, genuine yep. world class player. Oh yeah, no longevity. Like yeah. you know, his attitude stunk towards the end. You know, and yeah. uh, you know, you know, how, how can I even consider these players? You know, uh, thing, yeah. So you know. Um, Slavin Bilic was was a brilliant centre back for us. Yeah, he was with us about a year, year and a half. Yeah, he demanded to go to Everton for ten thousand pound a week. Yeah, you know that that's what he had. Yeah, he wanted ten thousand week wages. <laughs> but ability wise, ability wise, oh, he's great, wasn't he? He's, he's, he's on my bench. Mm. Ludo's on my bench. Yeah, Julian, I could I could imagine I'm getting sorted for not putting Julian in. Probably the best left back we've had, you know, in in fifty sixty years, but. Uh, not, not, not my choice. No, it's a generational thing as well, Vic, isn't it? It's like you know, because it's it's like for me, I, he is because I never saw Frank Frank you know, any other left backs really, apart from you know yeah. uh, Pablo Romero. <laughs> you know, it was like a toss up between <laughs> Pablo and Wayne Quinn. Sorry, I was like, oh, oh yeah, stop it. Stop so it. many. It was like you know, I couldn't drop you know which one to pick. But um, the back. who could forget Hotel Head, Paul Hilton? Yeah, exactly. Or Javier Margas, another hotel person, because obviously he famously jumped out of the smaller hotel, didn't he? Second <laughs> floor. Why he didn't walk out the door, I don't know. Oh yeah. Do not know, but yes. <laughs> but we've had a few, and that's and I think we've had about two hundred and fifty different players have come up. So it just shows you yeah. it's not all because we do this little generational thing. It means that it's it's not always. You know the the best players. It's because yeah. you know some kid. You know we had we had little Jake Cox on the other day. He's only thirteen, so you know he hasn't got the he hasn't got the best. Oh, well, we're doing it right now, but you know until recently. So um, no, it's 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 lovely, and, and I love that's why I love these things because I love just talking about old players and 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 sort of reliving your memories again, which is fantastic. But uh, Vic, man, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. Right, really, so really I, enjoyed I will, it. I will, I will, you've asked me, Russ. 
Oh, don't be silly. It's all if we're all fans, and it doesn't matter who, who we get on. You know, everyone loves listening to other people's stories. Um, as I said, it's it's um it's all good. I think we've had about well, we've had over two hundred and thirty different guests on. So, thank you so much. And obviously, thank. I'd love to meet you in person one day. Yeah, definitely. Oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to have to buy a beer until about 2050 by the looks of it, because everyone's like, next next game, next where we can meet again. It's like, yeah, I know, I know. Thinking about you buying me one. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We'll, do it, we'll do it when Len, when Len starts doing up his, his things again. Yeah. I'll go yeah, along to one. Good. I'll right. go along to one. But obviously, thank you to everyone for watching as well. Oh, if you're watching on YouTube, give it a like, give it a share. If you're watching it on Spotify, listen to it Spotify, Apple iPods, whatever, give it a share, give it a subscribe. Um, and then from me and Vic, take care, everyone. Stay safe, wash those hands, come on your wines, and we'll see oh, you yeah. again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.